Spicy Lady Talks, a podcast that not only brings Black creatives diversity representation into the conversation, but it also speaks on topics that aren't always talked about on the any Twitters. We believe that by making things softer, they become harder to break than diamonds. Welcome to the Passion Fam. It's your girl, the Spice Lady herself, and welcome back to the Spice Lady Talks podcast. And today we are back with another episode of Welcome to the Roundtable, where I assemble a group of my friends and we have a Spice Review discussion on current series and movies. Today I have with me one of the boys of Anime Lily podcast, Legendy Vash. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Um, so I can't wait to get started. And today, guys, we'll be reviewing the Umbrella Academy season two that aired a few weeks ago. And I feel like no one's talking about it. And I saw that you're talking about it on Twitter, and I was like, yeah, like let's 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 do this because I enjoyed season one, and season two was was cool. But um, before we get started, some speciality news report. Um, first, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid season two returns to 2021. Um, I enjoyed season one. That's a really cute anime, so I'm very excited for that to return. Um, second, Tai Kubo's Burn the Witch manga series serialization and Weekly Shonen Jump issue 38, which comes out August 24th in Japan. And it will be a limited of four chapters. I'm very excited. Um, Bleach, you guys know, it's coming back as well. So just everything with Tai Kubo, I'm excited. Can't wait. Some breaking news. Um, Avatar Lost Airbender and Legend of Korra creators have left the Netflix live action production of Avatar Lost Airbender. Are we really surprised? Um, I had no interest in this live action series. Okay. So the fact that the creators left, I was just like, I wasn't really phased. It, I was sad because it's like, how can you have creative differences with the creators of the actual show? But Hey, that's Hollywood. Um, but the creator, um, Michael DiMartino, he um, made a post about it on his website talking about the experience and how, why he decided to leave the show and all that other fun stuff. So we'll see how that goes. It's probably going to be a shit show anyway, but I mean, try and have an open mind. Um, lastly, AMC Theaters is reopening U.S. August 20th, and they're going to have 50 cent movies. Tickets, like, I don't understand why that's insane to me. Um, but yeah, they're gonna be 50, 55 cents, I think 50, 50 cents the first week, and then they're gonna add like rerun movies and they'll be five dollars. And um, just in time for Disney's The New Mutants, which releases and theaters August 28th. I don't know why Disney's releasing it on in theaters. It is what it is, and that's all we have for the news portion. Um, 
Yeah. Um, so Legend D Bash, um, what have been some of your latest binges um this season, I guess, since we're all kind of just chilling? <laughs> what I've been watching or binges, I guess, is I for reading material is Chainsaw Man. I've been mm-hmm. doing that as my binge. And well uh I've been trying to read Kaiju number eight as well. It just dropped on Shonen Jump officially on their app because it used to be on it used to be on Manga Plus and then it jumped to them and I've been trying to read that. And what else? Um uh, I've been catching up to Ghost Reaper Girl is a new series that came out on Shonen Jump as well. It's bi weekly comes out on Mondays. Really good. It's the creator that did uh can't what's her name oh rosa vampire that's the one um oh, she did rosa vampire so, i love that anime so she did rosa vampire and then this is her second work or third work i think um that she's doing and it's bi-weekly it's very good and but the most curious thing that she asked to have to work in the u.s in the west to actually read from left to right meaning meaning to read it as a comic book style so i was very curious to know oh. why she chose that so that's one other reason why i want to read it because i'm like for one author to choose that maybe she wanted to brand it her west audience to read it much easier for them because they're more because they're more used to the west comics so that's when it comes to my manga what i've been catching i'm reading and anime i've been catching up to baki season three if i'm correct that, that season three netflix um also i've been watching fire force i got a high school sao um one of my favorites of this year um a lot of people have not been talking about this or watching this but it's called the misfit of demon king academy history of strongest demon king reincarnation and uh there's more there's more words to it but i just call it much easier the demon king academy much easier to remember much easier to find it but those are what I've been watching, and that's really want to pop out to me. I've been talking about the Misfit Demon King, and I, when I was making my summer like hit list, I saw it and I was like, I don't know. But I guess like the promotional work didn't really catch me. But from seeing the an- actual like, anime, I was like, oh, it looks pretty good. I wish they would have promoted it a little better. But um, I'm gonna have to add it to my list and see. But um, I've been watching Seven Deadly Sin season four. <laughs> Well, technically season three, I just hate yeah. uh, how Netflix wants to title it. But yeah. I saw you talking about it. Um, I'm soon going to watch it. Sam has been watching it himself. And I know what happens because I read the manga. I did the coverage of the manga. And I st- I've been watch- re-watching season one and two. Um, I don't want to rewatch season three yet. I, I don't want to torture myself with the animation. But you have. I enjoy, I love Seven Deadly Sins, but I just don't understand why they, they really like flip flop a lot of the stuff. Cause I, I read, I read the, the manga too. I read up until like a little bit past this season. So I kind of know what's happening, but they just flip flop a lot of stuff and they added in a lot of like filler scenes to where I was like, did we really need this? Um, but the animation just it just plots it just it went downhill from well the rumor well the rumor is of why they changed studios because uh when they had it in season two and then they had the movie the movie did not made as much sales as they wish so that's when they changed studio 
the worst decision they ever made just because they didn't make that much money, that much sales. Worst decision they ever should have made. And I will say as many times because it was very disappointing to see the big animation drop of season three and to know that the studio did not even do it themselves. They hire other people outside to do it for them. See, it's like, that makes why? sense. That makes so much sense why you saying that because that animation was like amateur type shit. Like it wasn't even stuff like I've seen like wonky animation, but but that was just like some amateur type stuff level animation where I'm like, what is this? And I just disappointed and I just I'm only watching it now just for respect for the show, to be honest. Like I'm like, let me just finish it and Props to you, props to anybody who's watching it. I'm gonna rewatch season one right now. I got to episode four of season one and Meliodas um like I was talking to Knox and plus the Sensei and um, James and Sam uh, back in my podcast for this week. We spoke one of the best speeches comes from this season about Meliodas. Um, Escanor do yeah. have some great speeches of season one and two. And to know that in season three, he they have good speeches as well. But the animation quality will not hold it where people will continue watching it. Where Sam call it, they have white, white semen blood. Yeah. That's what oh, he calls it. I- Hate okay, I and that's the point. When Sam and I were talking about that because he's responding back to my thread, he was like, I'm so sorry, like you know, the gore normally. And I'm like, bro, that's why I like Seven Nine because the cool, the, they weren't afraid of the gore. And the fact that I'm seeing this like censored blood for no reason, I'm like, why are children watching this? Is that why you decided to censor it? Like, I, I'm just really confused as to why they chose to pick that, but then. If you look at certain scenes when they they can spit out red blood, but when it's like the gore blood, it's white, and then when they leave their sword, their their sword is red. Like it doesn't make, it doesn't look right. It doesn't look right, and I just is that consistent? Is that consistent? And I was very disappointed. I'm gonna soon watch season three within this week because Sam already started to watch it, which which I'm a bit mad about because me and Spock, hey, let's watch it together for stream. It'll be very fun, and we get some drinks. And then he just told me two days ago. He said, "Hey, I started watching the five episodes during work." And I'm like, "You mother, what? You say we don't?" Yeah, thing is, I'm listening to the audio. But then he texts me a couple hours later, like, "Yo, they have some white semen blood." I'm like, "So you're watching or listening? Which one?" I'm like, "Both." I'm like, "So what's the point to do a stream together if we can't even watch it together? You're watching by yourself already." He's like, "Yeah, my bad." I'm like. You, I guess, but it makes sense because you know it's very disappointing. But I just it's very disappointing to see a season like this drop so much in quality yeah. when you see season one and two. Like it's not perfect animation. It's not Demon Slayer. It's not Fate Zero. It's not One Piece. You know, with the beautiful yeah. episodes that comes out, great quality. But the OST, the score, yes. the characters, the dub and sub is what really holds it. Yeah, and it sucks when that. All those great things always oh, score, but then we have the animation this low. Like, can it still carry it? As you see, you're not really that oh, entertained. I haven't felt like the audio production was off because there was time really? where, Millie, yeah, like the dub, Millie, like there was time where Millie was talking, and I felt like, like someone like skipped over an audio thing and try to blend it in it just seemed yeah it, it was bad it was bad it was Melios was talking i was like this is not good <laughs> so other than that i'm gonna seven cents for another podcast i may have to do a review podcast or episode on that one because that that's 
Just I'll be back here for that one, just in case. Okay. Hey. All right. Um. Next, I've been watching Uzaki Chan wants to hang out. I love this anime. I've been seeing so this on why, my timeline. Why are people? I don't understand. And I get it. You know the fetishization of you know blah blah blah. But she's she's twenty, and I have met girls who actually do look like that. Ew. Like That's some more in college, like she's a cute little, she's cute, she's a cute little petite frame, but like she looks like someone's mom. Like she just, she's a tomboy type of character. She's I so literally... funny. Like it's not that bad. You know, people make girl. I don't, I don't get it. Literally, I think since Monday or Tuesday, I saw my timeline where people would have to redraw her and everything, and people was complaining about it, like. Girl, I get it if she was in high school or a lolly. That's not like I get it, you know, lollies that are thousand, two thousand years old, but then looks like that. I get it. But then this girl is not 13 or 12 years old. Exactly. This girl is literally 19, 20. And I'm like, people completely, that's not how a body looks like. Have you gone out? Like, I used to be a party guy and everything. I used to have friends that literally were, I'm six feet. I've had friends that are literally 4'8 and have, you know, big breasts, you know, size D. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, girl, you look good and everything. And and she suddenly complains that her breasts bother her, you know, her back and everything. So I know girls that, like the way she looks. I have not seen the show yet, but from what I have seen on my timeline, to me those points should not be accurate because I have seen girls that look like that. I have a girl that lives upstairs who's four nine or four eleven and has and has a size D breast. And I'm like, those girls exist. And she's a, and she isn't like she's always like senpai in like a like annoying high pitch way. It's always like a tomboy like I'm trolling you like best friend way. That's why I like yeah. her character because she's just like let's hang out like what's good like homie let's like you know she has her moments but other than that like she had a whole monologue about talking about the goodness of mint chocolate chip like she her character is just so cute I I love yeah. her so I I want more of it I love the series definitely. And I see myself as Uzaki. Like, I relate a lot to her character. So everything else is just noise. Other than that, great series. Um, I've been also um, watching Run a Girlfriend because I've been seeing so much people talking about it. And it's a good series. And here is a PSA to all of y'all who want to um, bash dub voice actors. Laura oh, Stahl, which is Mimi, is a new voice of Mimi in a dub. And for y'all to come at her because she's voicing a character who's deemed as like not favorable in the series, it's a character. It she it's a like it's not real. Can we can we understand that, please? All right. That's the thing, that's the thing I wish people could understand. And need to differentiate between the artists, between the between the people. And people have not yet to understand. Like, there's people that does YouTube videos, but also they're human beings. There's people that voices those characters that you must hate. Like, for example, in the writing of She Hero, there's a girl named Bitch at the end of the show, but people hated her. But you should not hate the voice actors that did it. That's okay. their job. Pay their bills and continue getting their um roles in the future shows they're doing. So you, you have to differentiate. Of what is the artist between the people actually but people have not yet grasped that these are grown as adults doing this to a, a voice actor who's happy to even get you know to be in a series like this so stop it and if y'all got anything to say y'all can come to me because i got time like I, I tweeted that before but other than that i love the series um also, I've been watching um, the reruns of Daria on Hulu. 
I enjoy that series. That series is really cool. Like I, I've seen like the little stills from it, but I've enjoyed that series. And I've also been watching Transformers War for Cybertron, which came on Netflix a few yeah. days ago. And the animation, I don't like it, but I like how they made Cyber they made um Megatron and Optimus kind of like on some like um uh freaking from X Men, uh, freaking what's his, what's their name? Uh, Xavier. Yeah, Xavier and um, crap, Magneto. I yeah. like I I like that because um, Megatron was making some sense in this show. I was like, he kind of well, making some sense. Well, that's how that's how they always has been. Um, in the comics and everything, like they always like they used to be not brothers in arms, but they used to be like very close friends. But then you know. Megatron was Megatron. He became an asshole. He wanted more power. He wanted to destroy the, you know, the Autobots and everything. So I get that. But I'm very happy that, you know, you're seeing pro stuff about it because Sam was watching it and he said that he's very confused, but he said that he's not a big Transformers fan. So probably that's why and everything. But I'm a big Transformers fan and I've been wanting to watch it. I just, I'm just waiting for the other parts because I know there's three parts of the show and only part one drop. Is, is that correct? I think so. I have to go look. But um, yeah, it's, it's, I, from what from what I've learned from my dad especially, um, I heard like basically Bumblebee was kind of like a sassy asshole in the old series, and they kind of made him be that way in this series. So I'm I'm kind of like appreciative of that. But they're kind of making it as if like Megatron wants to like not liberate the people, but basically like he's caring about like all all of my friends are dead. All my friends is not like you guys did this to where it caused people to die. So that's why we all need to start fresh and new. And that's why he wants to get the all spark to where he wants to reset all of Cybertron to like, I guess, like a, a different to where we kind of forget about why they fought in the first place type of thing. And I was like, that makes sense. Like, but they're like, no, we got to stop. We got to stop him. And I'm like, that kind of. It's like a restart, like a like a restart button. Like, you know, I could understand that. But um, yeah, he's not. His, it's more so his, his subordinates are like the villains than actual Megatron, from what I feel like. Like, um, Starscream is an asshole. <laughs> Starscream he's, is always, always he's always been talking shit all the time. But, um, yeah, so the series... Does he get beat up? Because you know that he's always talking shit, but does he get beat up for talking this shit? Yeah, he do, because what's his name? Cut his damn arm off because he's, he was trying to... Um, he's like, let's kill, let's, cu- let's kill him now. He was like, I'm the leader here. He's like... Leader, he said, yanked his arm. <laughs> so, scream, I have to give props to the voice actors for Transformers all the time because they do a good job to sound that very hard mechanical voice for yeah. these characters. Because that's hard, like it is for you to really give the mechanical voice to like to like Megatron, Optimus. Like the one voice I've always loved is Optimus Prime because he gives the best speeches as well. Like I will follow that dude to battle anytime because <laughs> those voice actors do such a good job. Like those speeches in the live action. On the cartoons is always amazing. Just and to hear Starscream being an asshole, but still gets beat up like always. That's called co- that's called being consistent with it because that's always yeah, been like that. This man is such a Napoleon complex. He's always he's always trying to push somebody out the way. He always yes. trying to be in the front with his short ass. I'm just like shut up, Starscream. But yeah, and those were like those. So that's all the binges the shows I've been watching. I did um, want to so- ask you. Um, you said you was watching Rent a Girlfriend, right? Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the concept about mommy and about 
the rent a girl as itself like because i know a lot of people you know are half and half you know saying mommy is is technically being a good person but just has bad intentions but saying the rent a girlfriend you know she's just doing this as a job and everything so what do you think of the whole concept and everything the whole concept was great it's it's kind of, it's like really current so kind of with the whole like only fans and like other things with that gender, to, stuff like yeah that. like the whole thing that we're doing today and the fact that like she again she's doing it for school and i relate yeah. to the to the um well, i forgot her name who went to girlfriend Nizaharu. Nizaharu. i love her first she's of all beautiful. when i was watching it and when I, when they showed her real personality I was like, sis is giving me Aries vibes. Like, sis is very confident. She very by the book. She don't play no mess. But she also feels bad when people are struggling around her. And I looked up her birthday. I was like, she and Aries. That's why I like her. Because me too. So I really related to her on her mindset. How she was like, look, you press the uh, agreed terms on this ad. Why are you messing with my money? I was like, period, sis. Like, period. But... I like I like the whole concept. I like the whole thing. And yeah, he's a simp, but you also see why he's a simp and how he is surrounded by strong women in his family. So I like how they added like the grandma, how she's very strong will, how she kind of, you know, basically was a single mom, did it on her own, had her own business, you know, how she just wants to see her grandson get married and, you know, everything like that. So I I like that whole thing and how yeah, when you do break out with someone, you do get lonely and you because you don't want to process it. And especially if that was his first relationship. So I get the but whole it's a circle. month though. It's a month. I know. <laughs> it's like it's a month. And like and the thing is that I'm not I might go in a rant or day because I hate this character. This MC really pissed me off, like the first yeah. four episodes. Um the fifth episode is where can I redeem him for me so far, like tiny but like a little five percent. But I hate yeah. this MC. This MC is stupid as hell. All he cares about all you care about is your dick. I, I get it. You know, yeah. guys, need, you know, guys is guys, you know, dick and everything. You want what you want. But my dude needs to look back, think outside the box, because all he thinks about, like, you have a nice rented girlfriend. Like, yes, she takes a rent and whatever, the whole concept. But you literally, all you think about is Miami. And the best friend in episode four, I love him. He literally puts a knock sense into him, telling him, my dude, stop thinking with your friend down there and think of your brain. You actually have something good going for you. Even though he don't know the whole truth, but he knows what he's speaking and he's putting some sense into him. And that's something that you need to have good friends around you. Because some, you know, we're humans. We're not perfect. And we always make mistakes. And that's something I love about that show is that it also showed that you need good people around you. Even though even though his grandma, that's a whole different thing because his grandma is trying to pull him up to date Tinder and everything. He said, yo, you got to date this girl no matter what and everything. I'm like, damn, grandma's trying to hook him up and everything. I so that was adorable. IPhones. She like, she is tech savvy. She plays video games. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I got Wi-Fi. I need some Wi-Fi. Um, like, but wow. I like, what I liked about the series was like, I liked the opening, how yeah. they show her walking in the front far away from him and it's him basically running in circles trying to catch up to her and i like that because it shows that like he's he's still found, trying to figure out if he wants to be with her or you know or if he wants to get to know her better and he's like again dealing with his own issues so i like how they have to where she is too good for him and that he has to work to get to my home girl up there you know and yeah. and then i really like i really like how the opening showed that within you know the start of it because that's what he does, he's always effing up, going stuck, and she's always kind of there to help him, but still at a distance, you know, at the same time. So 
That's what I that's what I like. I like I like that. But. Same here, and I hope it continues to get better because depending how the season ends, it makes me want to read the source material. Yeah. Just want to see how um how he improves as a character because I don't got them well. The creator will not have this MC as bad as he is. He will actually have this MC to grow, redeem himself, have have three layers, not just a not just a one dimensional character. We're supposed to see him become the character he's supposed to be by the end of the series and become who he is, and maybe fall in love. Women's are how, and by the time the series ends, it's really end up with her, and that's how we're supposed to, you know, follow this journey. But I hope he learns his mistakes, and hopefully he falls off the train of Mami Chan because my dude is literally on drugs for Mami Chan. Cause he like he's literally feeding for. Her. I'm like, how good is she? Like you was dating her for a month. Did he change his hair for her? Because when you look at the flashbacks, he had black hair. He kind of seemed like a whole different kind of person than what he does now from, from the flashbacks. What, from what me and Sam read between the lines, we felt like he changed his hairstyle. Like, he changed for her. And yeah. Even though, like, I get it. In four, you know, one month, there's four weeks. That's about 28 to 30 days. A lot could happen within those 30 days. But, dude, still, like, one girl can change it that much in one month? Like, damn, you was really addicted to her then. I That's know. Sad. But so, all right, so let's get started on the review we guys came for. So today we'll be reviewing Netflix's The Umbrella Academy Season 2, based on the Dark Horses comics. Um, Season 2 was directed by several directors of superhero TV shows, including Legion, Ultra Carbon, The Runaways, The Witcher, um, and every Marvel and DC live action TV show, which you kind of see in the series. So I wasn't surprised when I looked up. the directors for the shows. Um, so basically, we'll be breaking down the uh, season based on production quality, um, sound design, soundtrack list, overall production, plot, um, three, character diversity, the utilization of their Black and POC characters, and then lastly, the character breakdown, which is just us giving our own full on uh, reviews and opinions on all of the characters of season two. So let's get started with the first being the production quality. Um, what were your thoughts on that? For this to happen, where in the first season we we stayed back in 2019, so they so they, they didn't really have to do anything too huge on the production quality, since they could just use regular buildings and everything like that. But for them being in 1960 to 1963, they had to use old cars, the old on um, the whole old restaurants, the whole old TV, so they really had to up-notch the quality of production. And I feel like they really did well. And to see those cars, um, those old styles, I think those old Mustangs, if I remember those were, I wanted those cars. Seeing them was my favorite, was the one that Carl was driving. The one, Even though I didn't like Carl, still hated him. Uh, and, I'm, and, I'm glad he, I, and I'm glad he got Merc, but I like that car he was driving. The, that car was really nice. But the whole production quality really went um, up a scale compared to season one. It really, it really did because, like you said, like it last season was pretty much current time, so they didn't really have to do much. But this season, they really had to set like the setting for it. So, like the hairstyles, the clothing, yep. like the just, and even the um the historical figures that they added into you know that, which again, that's the plot. But like just being really realistic with that time period and you know not having really any like unrealistic type of you know things in it but it was it was really it was really like well put together and i i really did appreciate it 
especially with when you get to like the civil rights movements and like that fashion, like the black fashion and like, you know, white fashion, yep. you kind of see a difference in that. So I really liked the, um, that even like the hippies with Klaus, like you just see all the different fashions that were going around in that time. It wasn't just one set fashion. It was like really diverse, you know, while there were a lot of segregation, but it was still kind of diverse and at the same space. So I really like the production quality of um, season season two. Um, so to the plot, it's basically Save the World in a Timeline Part Two. Um, same thing as season one, but you know, I was kind of bothered by that. I don't like, I like yeah. they kind of rinse the plot but change the plot until the, like the last three episodes. Like literally, you know, those they happen again. We have time ten days, just like last season, but. <laughs> This time is not Vanya. But then it's Doomsday by Nukes. I'm like, okay, different. But then we find out later that it was technically Vanya. But it but a domino effect because she got caught by the FBI. And yeah. then and then John F. Kennedy thought it was a Russian, so they had like a whole new going back and forth. So I'm like, so technically still Vanya. It's he, still he Vanya. So he just didn't know the exact answer who it was. Exactly. So that was like different same plot, just more subplot under it. I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah, there's it. a lot of subplots in this season that made my head go, oh my god. And the fact that it has so many PVs, like different, like yeah, it was like seven siblings, so we kind of have like four or five PVs, because they kind of have some of the siblings stay together because it was so much like back and forth and back and forth and but they're all a, together and back and forth again. I was just like, oh my god. This, like, this is the worst <laughs> mess up family. Like, I've seen I mess know. up family in comics, in manga. I, me, me and you can name many mess up families, but this was like, when do they not argue? It's like, when can they find common ground to actually find common ground longer than an episode? Like, there are times where they fight for five minutes and then be good for two minutes and then fight again. I'm like, number five, number two, can you please... Be at peace, but no, this one wants to argue, and then this one, and then ap- the worst, the best example, I think was episode nine or ten, is is when Vanya asked them, "Hey, I gotta go to the house of Sissy. Something's wrong with Harlan." Oh, number five says no because number two, we all agree. Number two, he's actually you know right with something because Diego is never wrong. I mean, he's he's never right, so he's, we have to agree with him. And then Vanya goes by herself. Klaus comes, and then everybody comes. So I'm like. So what was the point of the whole argument for? This was a whole wasted scene for no reason that y'all could have yeah. saved. Like, did, that was really bothering me. I did feel like, like you said, I did feel like there was a lot of scenes I felt like could have been without. I feel like there was like a lot of dragging in certain um, scenes, especially with Klaus and Vanya's PVs. I felt like some certain scenes I felt like were, were dragged out for no reason. Like, like the scene with Klaus when Ben took over his body, I feel like that little montage could have been a little like shorter. shorter. Yeah, they kind of made it longer for no reason. And um, Vanya's PV, I loved it at first, but then I was like, girl, I like once I skipped through her whole PV once because they're her and Sissy were just doing dumb shit. I was like, y'all dumb, y'all gonna get caught. So I, I skipped so, the whole thing. <laughs> and I went so to- <laughs> I'm happy that you brought me in here because one. I really want to talk to you about this because I saw you on your thread when you was watching the show and you said that Vanya was your favorite character of season one. Shockingly, yes. I'm the opposite. She was my least favorite character of season one because all she did was complain in season one, saying that, you know, her powers, her father never loved her, her sisters and siblings never loved her. And then, you know, she caused the whole the moon to bring down, you know, of her trying to be Thanos and everything. That happened. But then in season two, 
still didn't like her until episode six and forward is where she started to redeem that character for me and uh, is where ben also improved yes. that character for me so i'm happy vanya got the redeem i don't know if it was her role or the actress but i feel like it got better overall and she started to you know grab her character better at the end because i if you look uh, vanya reminds me a lot of like DC, um, like no Marvel, um, characters who are OP, like um, fe- like um, Jean Grey, who have this OP power, but it comes with has so, a lot of- it comes with so much strain, so much power that they have yet to control. And again, this girl was drugged all her life, so now she has powers. Of course, she's gonna go off the rails and you know, and blow up the moon. And season two, she lost her memory. So she didn't really know. She still didn't know. So towards the end, she finally grasped two and then realizing, damn, I'm doing it again. I got my memories back and now I'm doing again to my siblings. And because her siblings grew up knowing their their power, she did not. And the fact that she's finding out that it's this OP power that can kill her siblings, it's it was a lot of her. That's why, and we saw that at the end of season two where she really broke down. But that's why I like I like Vanya's character because I like... and I, First of all, uh, Ellen Page, I love her as an actress. Ever since Juno and like uh, other... And when she was an X-Men, I just loved her little like tomboy, quirky, co- yet confident like characters that she plays and that she embodies as an actress. Like, amazing. But... The character is very, like, very, like, dark. Not dark, but really just emotional. But just not knowing and still trying to work through. And all the siblings got freaking emotional bags they got to deal with. It's just Vanya's is more deeply rooted in emotion where everyone else is kind of, like, just, like, little traumas in here that they got to deal with. <laughs> when you when you give the example of Jean Grey is what actually made me realize because Jean Grey, she has... The whole Phoenix screen, you know, she yeah. had that character. So, but then she had the emotional baggage where she had, couldn't control everything. And I agree. You you actually turned me in one minute to flip-flop of how Vanya's character is. And hey. I totally understand it now. You have a 100% point uh, where uh, Vanya is totally understandable. And Ben explained it very well as well, where he said it, which... Which will go much further away, he said, but he explained very well of how she is, and she has 100% right to be like that. So, as for the plot overall, could have been better. It could have been more condensed. It could have yes. been eight episodes, even. This, this season could have been eight episodes. Maybe same. six, but yeah. six is maybe, but eight would have been perfect. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. The exact same, the, base, the pacing could have been at least a, a little more condensed, a little more, you know, but... And I get it. They're a quirky family, so they went out in little quirky things, but that, do without that. All right, so next, character diversity. I love to talk about these, um, this topic because I feel like it's definitely needed in a lot and of entertainment important. and everything. So basically, um, character diversity, how they utilize um, the utilization of their Black and POC characters. Um, I love Allison. Allison's cool. Her power Another, I love how the woman had the most OP um, powers in this family. Like, Vanya got OP power. Even Allison has an OP power that has the most, the most, like, setback or the most, you know, the most thing to, you know, to to take away from the more she uses it. But I, I just didn't like how they had her 
finally find herself in the civil rights movement in this era of racism. I feel like a lot of series that when they have characters and one of them is black and then they go back in time, they always have to have the one black character, you know, talk about racism, just them. And I just felt like it worked for what the plot was, but I just felt, I just felt I wanted her to grow in a different light and not just like, oh, let's fight for racism. And I'm just like, and she, and she never used her ability. She never used her ability season one or season two. She used her ability like twice in season one. And same here in season two, she used it like two or three times. And even times where I'm like, Allison, use it. Allison, use it. Allison, use it. She didn't use it. And then when she finally used it, I was like, girl, you could have used it back then. Now you, it's escalated to where it's like, it's, it's a lot. And so I just felt like, it it was still good for what it was, but I just felt like it it I want to see more of her, more of her, her, not just the oh she's black. Let's talk about the black, you know. I want to see more of Allison the character, like you know, like even yeah. though she is a person of color and black, but I just want to see more of her growing and not just the whole like oh race. And I don't like it how she's always in a relationship in each season. Like I just want her to grow in her first. That did bother me that she was in a relationship with uh, Ray Chestnut. That like, did, they, did she really need to be in a relationship? But one, she did tell Luther why. It's because she was lonely. She was alone, and she was alone in 1963 in the time where there was segregation, where there's a time where it was against white versus black. So it's a time where she needed somebody to fall on. Where you know, you being a woman and black in that time, you was really felt more attacked you felt more easily you know accused so that's probably why she needed somebody to fall that's what she chose ray chestnut to be her you know her guy to fall on you know for her not to feel so much pressure which i get but at the same time i wish it wasn't needed but during that time it's like it's like that was the best place maybe the writers chose for her to be in that spot but I also give props to her because for you to be a black woman in this time, for you to for, for you to play a role to play in 1963, where you have to pretend you're in that role in that time where you have to feel like this racism, like that could also affect your mindset. Like, damn, so this is how you know it felt like, and for her to get in that role where you had to get you know coffee porn, you know, like that, like that role is not that easy. But also, she played it very well. And I also liked how. Even though it irritated me, I did like how the writers made it to where they placed someone with an ability as a uh, ability to, you know, basically do what you want and use it to help a movement such as that, which where communication was cut off to where people were so frustrated to where it's like, here's someone who can just be like, I heard a rumor that you let me sit here. You let me like that could have helped the movement and like basically stop, you know, like change it in that way, you know, but you saw her, the more the more she used her ability, the more, you know, she kind of, you know, went too far. And she even told that to um, her husband. She was like, look, this has too many consequences with my ability. That's why I don't use it a lot. And I respect Allison for knowing her limits with her ability. Um, it, just, it just sucks that she doesn't use it, you know, a lot. But I understand it's more of those, it's more of those abilities that they use it for, like, like the one-stop shop type of thing, you know, or like a like a reconnaissance type of thing, or like a you know just just to stop the fighting yeah. <laughs> quickly. But the thing is, her ability is now where is 
hard to do or hard to animate with CGI. Like Klaus' ability, that's something that you do like once an episode because you have to, you know, the whole filter CG, how have a whole dead army. But when you have Alice in power, it's just literally easy CG animation. It's not that hard. And that's one thing that I totally agree. She's she not, she, she not fired that knows about how the timeline and everything. So she could have changed the timeline. I hate how she could have changed of what you're saying. Like She could have told the person in the restaurant, hey, you're going to let us sit and nothing would have happened. And where she should not care about the whole timeline because she was she's never known about the commission office. She don't know how about the whole timeline. So she could have actually done a change to the movement and probably done something much earlier to what happened to the whole Martin Luther King Jr. What happens in the future, maybe she could have started earlier in the timeline. And that wouldn't really bother her because she's not known about those type of stuff. So she could have really started early and actually done something of a change and have probably Ray Chestnut as probably be the next Martin Luther you know, King Jr. And, and have not really much of trying, a big deal. I think that's what they're trying to do with them, I I think. Because that's what I really think, what they're trying to do. But... um. Yeah, Allison was great. Um, Leela Pitts, the crazy girlfriend of Diego. I liked her up until the end. Until the end, she got annoying as hell, but I liked her character. I liked her little backstory. Um, she She's a good actress. I have to give props yeah. for her. Yeah, she really is. I did not see it coming. I, I got to give props. Like, I knew something was wrong. I'm like, she's too crazy. Like, there's no girl that's too crazy, but falls for Diego. But then she leaves late at night. I'm like, nope. I can't only trust her. But then she goes to mom like, girl, I knew you was crazy, but I didn't know you was this crazy. You fall for the commission and everything. But then when, but then when she speaks about her backstory, I'm like, so she don't know the truth. I bet you by the end of the season, she's going to find out the truth. But then think it's not really her and everything. And guess what happened? That happened. I like, ah. Exactly what happened. Why? Why? But I, I normally I'm good at catching twists early on. Um, I didn't catch a twist with her being the daughter of, you know, the handler. I was like, oh, that's a nice little twist. All right, it's cute. But her, our, I was like, excuse me? I was like, what? The, we'll get into that later. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I was just like... I, like three questions to ask because I was confused. It threw me out the window, but we we could talk about that later because I was like, okay, cool. That happened. <laughs> um, Jill, Jill and Ben, I shipped them. They're so cute. Ben falling for the black girl at the, in the, um, and Klaus is cold. I think I, I love, love that it. little relationship. That was I, so cute. I love it. I love it, but also like we didn't really bring it up. And uh, I was really most the most saddest death is Hazel. Hazel in the beginning. I was like, but the most saddest thing was got me is when he said, "Yeah, my girlfriend died of cancer. You know, she just lived for a few more years." I'm like, damn, you did all that just to see her die a couple years later. Like, damn, like. And then for him to literally just be in the episode for five minutes, like, here, I'm going to put this in your pocket for the McGuffin of the show, and then go be dead. Get capped on the chair. I was like, he too calm. I was like, he too calm for me. Like, you could have <laughs> did it. Like, you could have did too. Like, you could have meet with number five somewhere else, but no. Like, yeah. what? Like, pop, like, probably the writers, he probably was cast somewhere else or something. True. Who knows? Yeah. But it's like, damn, just five minutes. But... But to speak about June Ben, I love it. I wish it lasted <laughs> longer. Uh, but I, I love how Jill loves dirt. It's, it's adorable. I don't get it. But, you know, it's just like my girlfriend. She loves rain. I hate rain. Jill loves dirt. 
girl, love your dirt. Ben, join it too. It was adorable. It really was. It really was. So, um, all right. So now we're on to our character breakdown, which is us just talking our full ish about all these characters. Um, first being number one, aka Luther. Luther got on my damn nerves season two. I did not. He was my least favorite character this season. I did not like him. He was just not needed in anything. He he was cute in the moments. We had little family moments. But other than that, he did the most. <laughs> out, of numbers, out of all number sevens, I would have to give it him number six. Yeah. So, like, he was good. But then, like... My dude, like a lost puppy. My dude, yes. like the whole. He like, I'm here, you know, trying to defend the guy from the mafia, um, uh, because I don't have my Alice. I'm like, my dude. So go date other girls. There's other fish in the sea. Like you're a big ass white guy and everything. You could just find some good looking girls here in 1963. And also, why, why are you being a bodyguard for a mafia dude? You could go be a ma- You could be a bodyguard for the John F. Kennedy. Is that? Yo, that's true. That's so very true. That's like, very true. Like, Luther's supposed to be number one, right? But why is number five the smartest and he's it's... freaking 13 years old and you're number one, right? Why are you the well, dumbest one? he's over 50. He's just... Yes. The but Diego, Diego's even smarter than Luther and he did much more. Well, Luther... And he's a... well, well, Diego was, was, was still kind of... Kind of crazy. He's really obsessed with this president thing. Yeah, yeah I don't had, get that. Like had, that was a because he had the most, weird. He had daddy issues, and he was he was hiding it underneath his daddy issues to kill the president. But other than that, uh, yeah, Luther. Because he has he has his hero complex, but but he's <laughs> next. But then Luther, I gotta, I, I agree though. He had and with Luther, with like the one thing that really bothered me the most and was what the writers really made him feel more dumb than what he is. Yeah. Is when he met older number five with younger number five, and he goes agreeing with older number five, but then he was agreeing with younger number five. I'm like, yo, Luther, you're supposed to be number one. Just make up your fucking mind. And even younger number five said, yo, you having a daddy issue complex right now, just is, because he's the older it? version. But I'm, remember, Luther, I'm 14 days older than him, so technically you should be listening to me. And I'm like. Why, Luther, are you listening to the younger version, older he version said, of number five? He said, Why? I'm the daddy now. I was like, yo, I love number five. I love five so much. He's adorable. But, um, yeah, Luther, and he's always saying, I'm number one. I'm number one. As if, like, you don't act like to it. validate his, like, I don't know, his leadership. But you have, he has zero leadership qualities whatsoever. Like, he's not a leader, I feel like. I just feel like he's not. Maybe he was when they were younger, but even then, that was kind of their dad still pulling the strings. Like, he, he wasn't a leader to me. He did act like a leader when he was younger, but thing is, that's because his dad was guiding him. Yeah. But when, but when his dad, when his dad said, like, hey, I don't see you as a leader anymore and everything, and then sent him to the moon and everything. I'm like, yo, I never heard that a dad could send you, to, you know, hey, son, I'm going to put you to the corner. But he said, I'm going to put you to the other side of the freaking moon corner. Hey. I'm like... So that's what happened. Okay. On to number two, aka Diego. Diego. I love him. Diego's hair. <laughs> Why to put no, that I'm wig like... on him this season? Why to put it on that wig? <laughs> I, I hope. I hope that wasn't a wig. Because if that was a wig, uh, it definitely 
it was a wig. It was too shiny. Like, that was a wig. I'm very upset about that because that reminds me a lot of my hair and a lot of my goatee. And I'm like, and Diego's supposed to represent of my Spanish yeah. heritage there and everything. So I'm like, Diego, whoever's whoever was the makeup artist for this season did a bad job for you. And usually they did a good job for custom design and makeup job in most in most Netflix shows and everything, they do a great job. And this character, Diego, they F him up with his hair. Because I'm like, that hair is too side. And I get it. Like, I was wondering sometimes, like, did did, did this character ever shower? It's what I was wondering sometimes. Because I barely ever seem to, you know, fix his hair, comb his hair. He just let it be freaky. But I think and he I- did it on purpose because he was in a, a sanitizer for over a year. So I think that's why they kind of gave him that and, aesthetic. And it- and probably made his character because his character was still not trying to be stable. You know, him, yeah. like you said, he was still obsessed with this. John F. Kennedy is going to die. John F. Kennedy is going to yeah. die. So he was probably still obsessed, which I got to give props to his father. His father whipped his Whoop ass his- in, in, that, in that back alley, but also whipped his ass in the round table at hey. the hotel. He dissed him so Bad. Hmm, round two, like, like, yo, that was that was crazy. But what I liked about Diego was they didn't really explain fully of what his ability was. It kind of just makes me like, oh, Thank he you. can throw knives. But I liked at the at episode ten where they showed, like, oh, he can control like the projectile ability. I did not know that. Any, I did not yeah, know. Yeah, I was like, that was such a cool thing that they did. I'm like, okay, so now we can know, like, okay, so it's not just. It's kind of like, yo, everyone has a ability. Like, what, what is Diego's? Like, what? Just throwing knives, but, like, he can control literally, like, the, like almost like the, like the force, like, of it. Like, I think that's really cool. Like, all the bullets sh- he stopped. I was like, That dang. shocked me because I was watching episode 10, which most of episode 10, I was going up and off my seat. But once he stopped, but, like, is he like a, is he like a Jedi? We literally just blocking yeah. force here. Or Magneto. And then literally, yeah, or like Magneto. So I'm like, so what is the exact price? Because we know each character. We don't really know Luther because that's still confusing as well. We're like he was number one, but then he became an eight man, so that's still confusing. But number two, we find Diego that controls bullets or controls metal or controls objects slash items or controls weapons. So I'm like, it's one of those options. But then I explain. I hopefully explain that season three much better because that needs to be explained much better. Yeah, but I'm thinking it's more of like a like a like a magnetic force or some kind of like. It was still amazing. Something. Yeah, it was. He kind of was like, yo, let me, I'm, I got you five. He was like, mm. I was like, what? Why did you do that a long time ago? Exactly. I was I'm like, like, bro. I'm like, I'm confused. It's like, if you have this power, why did you get your ass kicked by your father having a knife in there? You, you literally but could have stopped like, control think, the knife, stop it. But I think that's supposed to show you how, I think that's why the dad pushed them so hard. Because I think he knew the level of their abilities of what they could be but he was he's and then we'll get to the dad the reason why he's not why he can't relate to people on an emotional level that threw me but, off too i was like what but but you kind of drop no same me too so seeing how he's like oh they have the ability to be basically god level great so let me just push them not knowing that you need nurturing from from your father, you can't just have a mother figure and think that's gonna help. Like you, it, you need that from both parents. So the kids just saw him as being like me and whatever. It's like no, he really saw it, like these kids have crazy abilities. Like you know, but, and then seeing how um, 
Leela, how she's one of them, spoiler guys, but just seeing how it's like, they're not the only ones in this world who are, you know, like that. I really liked how in episode 10, they showed like distinct of Diego's powers and even Five's um, ability. So I, I really liked that little Easter egg they gave us. But to add one more thing about Diego before we switch to number three, is that he also has an obsession by his mom. That also was creepy. Yes. Because literally, like, how do you go to a random person that you go, Mom, is that you? I'm like, and she even said, like, if that's your pickup line, you you should pick a better one. I'm like, yes, he should have not said this pickup line in the first place, ma'am, because that was horrible and creepy. Like, how do you call a random person mom? And then you just have an obsession with her. It's like, it makes sense. Now we know why he had a cgi robot um yeah. back in 2019 but it makes sense now because he had an obsession for her and that's why he had a robot but like my dude next time approach your makeup mom much better because he has he has daddy issues and mommy issues he does Both. and seeing how he he wasn't close with with their mom but seeing how i liked how at the round table when the dad kind of like read him and he got his um stuttered his speech impediment back like he stuttered and i was like yo i i almost cried i was like that's so sad i'm sorry, I'm sorry you had to go through that I relate to that because i'm like i stutter sometimes but especially like being in that where i suffered from stutter when i was a kid all the way through high school now i'm good but to see that when you have a trauma event like when you're doing yeah. a stage and everything you you have the little against stutter and to see and to see Diego talk to his mom and we again, you know, you know, be stuck in a conversation like, damn, that is really giving him some PTSD where he saw yeah. his fake mom died in 2019 because he got uh, destroyed the robot. And now he's seeing his real mom, the one that was the one that was kind of like an embodiment of her. Mm. See that it kind of gave him PTSD, which I get, but I feel bad for him. Yeah, I really did. Feel, I feel like Diego had a lot of like feels in this season, and you know, it was, it was. I was like, Diego, you need to maybe get, get checked back in because you, you need, you gotta chill out. But um, yeah, Diego was cool. Um, next number three, aka Allison, which we kind of talked about, you know, and yep. the care diversity. But um, I yeah, like I said, Allison, she showed growth um a lot in, in season two and i liked how you kind of see her rekindle that relationship with vanya when they, when all the siblings finally came together and her kind of tiptoeing around vanya especially after vanya slit my sister's throat another reason why i feel like allison didn't use her ability was because of what happened with her and vanya and how she said she couldn't talk for a year and so, I mean, that's PTSD. <laughs> Not wanting to relive that moment again. And so when she saw Vanya, she was like, you good, sis? Like That, like... that, is, <laughs> that is another reason why I kind of hated Vanya because Allison was one of my favorite characters from season one. And for her to get cut through, I'm like, no, you can't kill my girl. Like, yo, Allison was my favorite. And like, damn, Vanya, you a bitch. But then it's like, I get it. And I'm so happy she lived, came back, and to know that Allison had to go a year without speaking, that's one thing. And for you to go a year without speaking and your powers is speaking, it's like, yeah. damn, that's yeah. that's also, like, one more layer for your PTSD and your trauma. So it makes sense for her to feel how she felt. And again, maybe that's why she also fell for Ray Chestnut, you know, 
he's a good looking dude, you know, and also yeah. he knows how to swag it up. He knows how to yes. charm you. Really he was dressy. <laughs> and I love how I love how he told the guy like, yo, I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go talk to her. And then the guy said, all right, yo, I'm gonna walk out. Oh, that's yo, literally how that it was is. Smooth. That that's was smooth. That's literally how it is, bro. I was like, oh, God, I'm having flashbacks. That's literally how it is. That was, bro, like, I've been there. I've seen other guys do that. I've seen my friends tell me, like, yo, bro, you know, I'm gonna stay here. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm like, ah, I, I got you. I'm like, ah, right, I speak yo, to you. Thing. I speak this to is... but, um, like, but It was cute. It was. And I liked, but back to Allison, like, um, PTSDs and her power, you mm-hmm. you see how you know how there's certain characters who when they use their ability they're most vulnerable. As soon as she starts talking, like she's kind of vulnerable because she has to finish her sentence in order to fully, you know, fully use her abilities where anyone can like stop her in her tracks type of thing. So yeah. I liked how they did it with Vani, how Vani was like, just like, bitch, shut your ass up. And she's like, oh, like, so like she's that vulnerable. And that's also why you see how she's more of hand to hand combat. You see a lot of you see that she's she does a lot she's of hand to hand combat. Yeah, because good. that ability is more of like a last resort type of thing. And like an actual fight, she doesn't have to fight because you know she can't just be like talking to people everywhere. They're gonna be like, oh let's let's like corner her so she can stop talking. So I like a perfect how- example. Uh, the three white guys. Um, yeah. When they came into the building, I mean, to the house, the first thing he did was was deck her throw. <laughs> deck yeah. her throw. Yeah. Like, hey, we're not gonna do anything stupid. So deck the throw, yeah. and then boom, she, you take her out. You don't have to worry about no. I heard mm-hmm. a rumor that you kill your brother until yeah. he took too long. But that's yeah. a for example. They knew about her ability. The first thing I do, hey. Shoot her in the throat, punch her throat, whatever you do, hit her throat where she don't speak. So that's a perfect way where that's a really vulnerable situation for her. And I totally agree where she needs to learn um, close combat, which one thing I got to give props to her as an actress. Um, I saw some news that she also does her own studs uh, oh. with some of the close combat. So that's pretty nice as well. I'm glad to hear that because she did very well where because me as a person, I love editing and to see how well that they show her still to be the one that's you know doing the close combat she does very well she did she did so i i i allison she's a favorite she's not she's not my favorite but she's a middle favorite i, I do like and her i like her ability number four klaus i love klaus klaus is my favorite he is just the comedy relief but still with a dark ability out of everyone, like the most haunting psyche of, of abilities. But you kind of see why he has been with him like more so than any other ghost. Like it's always just him and Ben together because I think he is afraid to fully deepen his embrace ability. Embrace it. Yeah, fully embrace and fully kind of go to the leveling up and extremes of his ability. That's why he's like, oh, I'll just bring my brother back. And I'm, now I'm good, you know? And that's why Ben is his voice of reason to where he's like, Ben, like, Kyle, you can't be out here wilding. Like, you, you got to do something with your life. You can't just ain't on good and sweet. And he's just like, ugh. But, um, yeah, Klaus's demons were kind of more of, like, him. Because I forgot that he went back in time, season one, and he was in the whole war. <laughs> And you know he he fell in love and everything like so like going back in time to like before all of that happened and how he met the guy who he fell in love with and how he wanted to save him. All these siblings messed up the timeline in their own ways. Like it, 
even if I, they went, even if they were able to go back and whatever, they all messed it up, like all of them. Like <laughs> I was hoping for us to find a glimpse of what happened in season, like the end and the upcoming for season three, like a glimpse, like when a five or I think Allison pick up the newspaper at the end and say, okay, this is April second, twenty nineteen. I wish we saw what else the newspaper said so we can know what happened in the future because we know the timeline changed. And we know more things have, have you know happened to change, but we know, I want to know what at least did it or glimpse. We're gonna talk about what really did change in the household because that's something that's throwing me off. But to speak about Klaus, he's my favorite character. He's my top three. And what you said correct is that he needs to embrace his power because he's the top three strongest yeah. out, of, out of the out of um out of the Academy. He's top three strongest, but he doesn't want to embrace it because. If you really speak, you know, honestly, that's kind of what a, what the Black Lantern is. You speak to the dead and you control the dead, but that's scary. You're speaking to dead people. And when you speak to... She at a young honestly, age. And, and at such a young age, and that's why he started drinking at yeah. such a young age. Yeah. Because that is a scary power. You're speaking to dead people. And yeah. to dead people that you don't even know. And like you said, is that he brought Ben back because the voice of reasoning. And that's why he he always did he always did stupid things, but he always had Ben to guide him, help him out. And reason why he always fell in love, because he always felt full circle but at the same time he always felt like he was trying to not be a hero but he learned bit by bit that he needs to get there because that's what he needs to be and ben has been helping him helping him get there yeah he really has and i like how they kind of went back in time and fully showed they showed that that solidification of klaus really depending on ben and how um, he really doesn't relate to his other siblings. He loves he them, don't. but he doesn't relate to them. So the fact that Ben, who was a monster, technically his ability, and Klaus, who felt like he had to deal with monsters. So the reason why he kind of brought him right, I feel like he felt like he probably related the most to Ben because of their abilities type thing. Whereas his other siblings were kind of like the two, goody two-shoe heroes to where he kind of felt like the dark outcast. So really seeing the reason why they were always so close together, it's like that was his rock, basically, and not family. So, um, But also, too, season one, you also see that, again, the dad will lock him in the freaking um, the um, graveyards to be like, okay, you need to be one with It's a graveyard chamber. Yeah, the chamber. And that's scary, like... It is, in the dark. Like, no light, just in the dark. We, we will talk about the father because that's when you speak of fathers of the year he's definitely the worst father of the year because oh. this dude he's like oh my god that's a whole different conversation yeah too. but klaus, i have to understand klaus is a champ because for him to yeah. go through what he has gone through and yeah. to live through of to know him as a character and to know that not everybody is great, but he tries his best. He drinks, mm-hmm. he does his drugs. And my dude did a whole cult and traveled the world. And my dude brought many hippies to follow him, which I don't know how he did it. But my and the dude's... pop culture references that he would give his speeches yeah. on. Like, I'm just like, like the freaking Backstreet Boys speech and the Destiny's Children. I was yeah. like, oh my God, I can't. <laughs> but he's smooth talker because he knows how to grab a whole cult and then, like, <laughs> And he walks in and be like, oh, my children, my children, relax. Right, yeah. Relax. We his gotta fashion, be there. His oh, fashion his, was just, yeah. His fashion is the best one. My, is. Favorite, my favorite scene of Klaus 
is when he was in the mansion and my girl Addison went to see him and he was in the pool and he was like, Oh Addison, how you been? And he just <laughs> did the pool just like that. I'm like, I wanna be like you. I wanna be like no. you, Klaus. Your goals. I I love well, I mean, a little a little break from the kid, but I, I was gonna say like I love the family moments in season two. Like season one, they all were in their own lives, all dealing yep. with their own grievances and their own, you know, things and own, you know, traumas. So coming back that their dad died, they're just like, here we go again. I got to deal with my, now we're all kind of stuck with each other. But season two, you really saw their little family moments. Cause there are family, you know, families fight, but you also see sweet things that they do for each other. So I love yeah. how it's like they were separated from each other. Which season one they were separated by choice. Here they were separated like not by five. choice. Well, five can't again. He can't control his abilities either. So it's like they all kind of have limits to their abilities or you know what they think are limits. So seeing how like when they came out together, even though it wasn't always like perfect, they still had cute moments. And I they were mm-hmm. it was like cuteness overload. I was like. I've never seen this family is so dysfunctional, but they're so cute and they're so caring for each other. And of course, the little dance scenes that they have with each other, but it's just they're so cute. I I really appreciate those little moments. Um, next we got best boy number five. I love five. <laughs> Question about number five. Um, I was actually I was actually thinking about this. Did we ever hear a name for him other than no, other than number five? He, he left because Allison named everyone, and um, five jumped back into time before she could do that. Okay, good because I totally That's forgot about it because because yeah. I was also trying to I was also trying to forget like wait what does everybody have a real name but still have the code words but number five just has number five but then thank you because I've I've been trying to figure that all day I was like <laughs> I was like did I miss something did I forget something oh it's just Homie never said, I want to time travel and he was like no he was like peace out and then. No, but number five played. has been getting better as a character. Yes. One, to be honest, one before I finished the season, um, I always thought this was this was a child actor. But then when I did my research after I finished the season, I'm like, well, no, this is an adult actor, just very short. It looks like a child. I'm like, wow. He's 16. Yeah, but you know, but things you know, he already stopped growing. But yeah. he looks like the way he looks because yeah. of that age. And I'm like. It, but for a 16-year-old, he's freaking amazing as an actress. And, um, sorry, actor. And Miss, this dude knows how to kill. He killed the whole board of directors like it was nothing, like it was child play. I'm like, my dude really did his teleport, 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 kill, kill, kill. I'm like, okay. I see how yeah. we are here. Because we forget five, like he said, he's like, I was in the apocalypse for over 50 years. I'm a trained assassin. So seeing that... And seeing how, but can we all also want to say, I did not appreciate how the siblings will come after number five. Like, oh, you caused the time to be messed up. Meanwhile, this man is doing everything he can to save or his family. family. Where he could easily, all right, deuces, I have the ability to jump through time. I can just dip and go away. No, he, he loves, five loves his family. First, he was gone from them for 50 years. That's so he true. really missed them. And we saw that when they went back to him, his older age, like he still had that the eye, like he loves his family. And so the, the only thing I would say is that he needs to work on his communication. But I mean, he's an be- asshole, so you can't help. He can't help it. He's an asshole who loves his family with a big heart. Like we all know people like that who are assholes, but have big oh, hearts. 
Like I'm one of them. <laughs> I, I, I'm one of them. When it comes to family, I'm an asshole. But I need to work on my communication when it comes to family as well. But thing is, he's one that, like, when it comes to Luther and Diego and them, nobody knew what he did. He could have bought the directors. He didn't tell them until the until episode 10 when he when, when the hand asked him, oh, you didn't tell me, like, oh, yeah, so Diego, I'm going to tell you right now. So, yeah, kill the board of directors. So that's what happened. Oh, damn, wow, number five, you did that for the family. Like, maybe you should have done that episode six, seven, when you actually did it, so your family could know how much you love them. Not because instead of accusing you, saying, you messed up the timeline, you brought us here in 1961, 1963, we all got stuck here. We had to be here in the whole segregation and everything. Like, instead of getting accused, he should communicate more what he's doing and not leaving them more out of the loop. Yeah, but what five is, he knows his family is stupid. They're not going to listen to what he says. Because there's times where he has tried to have a heart-to-heart, and they're like, wow, okay, five. Or they're like, uh, whatever, five, well, uh, it's still your fault. And he's just like, trying to help y'all out. And then they're like, whatever, five. He's just like... Like yeah. I, I felt five's pain. I felt because I felt like Agreed. he was. I felt like he was thinking. He was thinking steps. He was thinking details. He was thinking wh- like plans. Everyone else was kind of like had their own thing going on, and then they were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you don't have a solution yet. I'm leaving." And five was just like, "I need y'all to help me, okay? You're not fine. I'll do it on my own, which I've always has been." So I felt his frustration. I felt because he he and. Also, too, he, he it's been a while since he's worked with his family because, again, he left as a kid to do, you know, so now he's like, these, these people are grown. I'm still technically a child. So he's like, everything has changed. So he's like, I'll just do it myself since I've already been on my own for so long. But like I said, um, Five really loves his family. I really loved that this season. He really went on lengths. But I loved his sassy attitude with everyone. I, I really loved his moments. I feel like he had the best one-liners, the best, like, just the best dialogue through the whole, like, the whole season. He was just really the star. Like, the, that My- actor, he's just, he really, and, like, I like how he portrayed, like, he was a kid, but he held himself like an older person. Like, in the way he would, like, hunch over he would sometimes and how he would carry himself like an older person. Yeah, because so, technically, he's, technically he is about 60 years old yeah. in Atlanta. Because when he met his older self that's around his 60s, like, the communication and and both actors did a great job trying yes. to reflect both number five, one older yes. version. Even and the one, height. And one, and one 14 days years older. <laughs> they both did a great job the way they talked, the way they hunched. The one they said, I don't trust him. I'm like, and then Luther's like, but he is you. Like, that's the reason I don't trust him because yeah. he is me. I'm like, but that's scary too. Like, how can you not trust your own self because he's your own self? And then when you say like, you Luther, he's gonna kill me, right? Like, yeah. no, he ain't. He's like, you Luther, you're a bad liar. I'm like, no, I like, damn it, you're five, you're but, so good. And I liked how like him, him Luther went in and with a plan. He's like, hey. This is a plan. He says, this is a good plan. And then he said, let me go talk to the old guy. And then the guy was like, this is my plan. He's like, that's actually not a bad idea either. Because it's five. Five doesn't make bad plans. He makes he good knows. plans. So it's just I, that nobody listens. Yeah. So I felt Luther was like, wait, that's, yes. Yeah, so that's kind of, but, and I liked how in the end he chose the younger one because he knew. Like, he was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, but he's just like, still, this is really both technically good plans. But it's just, you know, I just I just love that dynamic. And, um, yeah, and his ability, I really like, because he's so focused. He was so focused on, like, 
going back in time and doing it right. And I liked how when he sat down with the dad and the dad was yes. like, he was like, hey, think about seconds, minutes, not days and years. Because five is very headstrong to where he just wants to like do it and not think that you have to ease into ability like that. That's so overpowering. That's a- that was a beautiful conference. Uh, that was a beautiful conversation, very impactful for Five himself because yeah. it also influenced him to do what he did in Episode Ten. But yeah. also, it get that redemption of him as a character, knowing that he messed up in 2019. Oh no, I'm thinking 2009 when he did the jump. But it helped him as a character, knowing that hey, Dad, I really did miss you. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. I messed up and everything. And then. And then he um he even you know told five like I see that you're the smartest out of the bunch of like yeah I am and everything but then it seems that you should think better you should do better and that's what he said do seconds do minutes don't try to do days and everything and that's what he did in learning episode ten and I love that's a character they I'm happy they because I was shocked and scared that of what happened which we'll talk about later but who <laughs> I was like yo this better. This better not be the cliffhanger. This better not be cliffhanger. Like, oh, good. Like, this family can't get no a goddamn break. Break. I was like, ain't no way. But um, also too, I felt like um, five finally understood why his dad said no to him time traveling at such at such a young age like that. Yeah. And it took him going back in time to an old to a younger father for him to kind of say it with no like with no father really attached. You know, That's like right. attached to that, you know, kind of thing. So for him to be like, I have no who, I don't know who you are. So I'm gonna be honest with you and not respond like how a father would. Because at the time, when his kid, their dad responded as what, what a dad would do. Like, you know, no, hell no, you're not ready. Like I, but the fact that he went back in time, went to a younger dad, and where he was like, hey, I don't know who you are. How about you just do this? And I really like that little like full circleness type, the different perspective. Because I get it as as us. With our parents, we just hear, we just see them, a parent saying no and not the reason behind the no type of thing. And with the crazy power that five has and how, you know, he he is smart. He does, you know, do really great plans. He still has something that he struggled with. Everyone has something they struggle with. So I really like that little full circle-ness with five. But five is number one in my book. He's my favorite character out of everyone. And that's my son. Anyone comes for him can fight me because he is just... So cute. He's just. I want. He should have been like, number one. Yes, but I and I liked how everyone would treat him like a kid. Like I liked how whenever like when he's freaking at the table, Luther was like patting his cheeks down or whatever. He that was, was like, adorable. That was the cutest scene ever because he's he freaking like, out. Like hey, five, yeah. you good? He like, he like yeah, I'm good. Like okay, yeah, sure. And it was yeah. adorable of how adult five and younger five was farty. Like yeah, it happened to be what eight, and the Luther was like. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Even though both parties at the same time, it was amazing. It was adorable. It was, cute. It was a cute little like big brother, little brother type of thing in a weird like reverse type of way. But I just I like how he will look up to talk to him, like just tell him what to do. Looking up, like if people looking around, like what is this little kid yelling at him for? Like I really like that dynamic, like that they have. But yeah. But there are times where I do forget that he's taking the oldest out of the siblings. Where I do forget, yeah. even though he is the youngest right now and looks like the youngest compared to him. But then I do forget, like when he goes to restaurants, he asks for coffee. When he goes to restaurants, he asks for he asks like, for like liquor. liquor. And I'm like, and I'm like, all right, he's technically about 55 years old and 14 days older than these right. kids. 
but I'll be forgetting. I'm like, oh yeah, Five has so much stress issues. He does, but I like how he's the only one still in the umbrella uniform. You know, I, I liked how, like, as if like Five is literally the reminder of their childhood so and family. Seeing, yeah, so seeing that he's back and how he does, he does, he wants to glue everyone together, and how everyone, I think that's why everyone's always blaming him because they, he is a constant reminder of, you know, oh. their younger days, and you know, so that's why they have him wear a uniform. They're yeah. like, dang, like you know, type of, and he was gone for so long, so now it's all of those traumas. And then here comes five telling you what to do. It's like, sir, you were gone for this many years and you know, you caused this and they're like, so, and then you're, you're in a uniform and kind of having, again, that PTSD trauma that they all have. So five, that's why five has to be boastful because they're, they, they, they don't really see him for him. They see him from what they grew up with, what they went through. So I like that choice of fashion that they did with five's character, how he just wears it everywhere else. Everyone changes clothes, but five wears the same old outfit. Every time, and I liked how in the season how they're like, this kid maybe may be uh, kidnapped by these group of felons. He was like, yeah, I mean, hey, he's like, I kind of am being kidnapped by him. <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of am. I was like, yo, five, that joke. I was like, uh, kind of true for him. Yeah. Um. So next number six, my baby Ben. I love Ben. Ben. Ben Redemption arc season three. It, it really can. <laughs> it really kind of is because I'm I'm really curious and I'm happy for the actor Ben that yeah. he's actually getting his moment and his first time actually wearing other clothes other than when other than wearing a whole black leather jacket and black pants the whole time on the past two seasons and yeah. I, like I'm very happy for him. But Ben was so good in the season. I love him. The the whole conversation he had with Klaus, the whole yeah. trying to stay in his body with Klaus. He's like, no, I'm still yes. staying here longer with Jill. Like, I want to be with Jill and everything, have the conversation. He was he was about to have sex with Jill, but then he found out that he, that Klaus had a threesome with her last week. I'm like, damn it, Klaus. I was like, that's amazing. It was cute. But damn, Klaus, you're a freak, though. But it was amazing. I like I like Ben because I, I like how, for well, Back to the actor, um, he in an interview he explained how um he was saying how um, when they give them scripts, it's never really in order. It's always kind of like you know, in secret type of thing. So when he said when he filmed that scene with Vanya, that final scene, he was like he was um hugging the cast goodbye. He was like this is probably gonna be my last you know time here on a set. And then he was like he got like the new script for the ending of episode ten like late one night. And when he finally read it, he was like, he said he like he said he like screamed in his apartment because he was like, wait, like I got a job still type of thing. And I just I really liked that because they really underutilized Ben. And I liked how it's like, because it makes sense if you think about it. Ben died early on, so yep. technically his timeline is already set. It's everyone else is kind of removed because they they were there. Ben wasn't technically there so seeing how ben is in a new timeline makes perfect sense to it why does. they did that the way they did like i i feel like the writers did that perfectly when you think about time even though nonsense. even even though i'm a big fan of my boy justin slash ben his hairdo in this one the ending threw me i'm like why are you looking so emo my guy like what happened in the past years for you to be emo like this i think they like, kind of make him look younger because i think they all they all the kids kind of look 
young still. They or very bad, because yeah. I'm guessing it's, it's going to be Umbrella Academy versus Spyro Academy. I'm guessing he's a new leader, Ben, but I'm guessing he's supposed to be like the emo, bad guy type yeah, of like, role. Like five. But, but I'm not a big fan of it, because it's just, it, it just don't look great. And also, he has a scar here. I'm like, my dude must have gone through some shit for you to have a scar yeah. here on your face. his like, ability oh. is kind of OP. Like, his ability is very destructive when they show I think it's, kid. his ability is like a Kraken, right? It's like, yeah, you have a... Crack, a he, he eats them in his, like, in his stomach, open and he eats them, and, like, blood comes everywhere. Like, it's very destructive when he, they show the flashbacks in season one. I was like, he's but, a baby. <laughs> it, was, it was destructive and amazing, and... To give props to again to what you're saying to my boy Justin, he did an amazing job to the scene with Anya. It was emotional, done well. Oh my and gosh. he said it like, hey, you're not killing me. I've been dead already for 17 years. Yeah. So me being dead now is just me to finally go follow the white light. And that was amazing. I can't wait to see the relationship about how Klaus feels because Klaus has yeah. been longer, been with him for the 17 years while he's been gone. So I wonder how Klaus is going to handle seeing him alive now and instead of instead of him being dead. So is he still going to see a version of, of Ben in his dead version? Or is he just going to just having his own PTSD saying that, wait, I just lost Ben. Now I'm seeing Ben again. Yeah. So I wonder how's that character going to be with Ben in the future. I definitely see the Sparrow, the Sparrow Academy Ben clashing with Five because he came with the whole like Five attitude. So I think they're both going to be clashing a lot, and I'm interested to see. So last but not least, number seven, aka Vanya, Miss OP. Even though the season she got on my goddamn nerves with the stupid shit she was doing with Miss Sissy. Another, why can't Vanya find someone regular to date? She went from the serial killer in season one to the the the, the well, stay out home. She had somebody normal, just that Sissy wasn't stable herself as well because she had a bad uh, marriage relationship with Carl, which Carl, I hated that actor or his role. I don't know what it was, but this dude was a dickhead. And he was. He like he was trying he was trying to prejudge his own son just because he's having um his type of um you know seizures and everything and those things are normal in our current society now but back then I get it but Carl was an asshole and I get it why Sissy and everything but I, like it's hard to tell if Sissy was truly lesbian and everything or was yeah. she just falling in Lonely. love for. And lonely for Vanya. So it was a mix of yeah. both. But I did like Vanya a lot in the season compared to season one. Because I feel I feel like if you see both season one and two, it was a nice it was a nice character development for her character itself. So I'm very happy for that. Um back to I back to uh, Vanya's like P V with her and Sissy. I liked how they touch bases on how housewives during this time period really mm-hmm. battled with the gender norms are putting them and the unsurety of keeping a husband because of how, you know, men treated women back then, especially, especially how as a, as a young girl, woman, your whole purpose is to just get married, have children and nothing else, no fulfillment on how, again, women back then battle with their sexuality, but again, the gender norms I put on them and the society I was in, it was like, you don't do that. Like you need to go prayer and get, you know, like just that thing of, having no guidance basically no one there to talk to no one there to talk about how you're feeling how you're it's just a whole bunch of emotions bottle up and it 
it, it they did they executed that perfectly. Like I, I love how they really touched bases on that. I, Sissy just did dumb stuff, and I didn't want her to hurt Vanya because I I saw it coming. I was like, all right, they're gonna get close. Like you know, they're gonna you know, but. Vanya is like a writer. Like she, she loves. Again, she's really emotional, so she really cares for people. So, and Sissy wasn't all in. Which I mean, I see but, why she's still technically married. She's a kid. Like I understand. I understand that. But when Vanya told her, "Hey, Carl is going. She he knows about us. He's threatening me to send your son away," and she's like, "Okay, let's go." I'm thinking, "All right, cool. You know, he's terrible. We all agreed." Then when they got in the car, she's like, I wrote him a letter. I was like, what is you? He said he's going to send your son away. You still wrote him a letter knowing that your brother-in-law is a state trooper? I want to go to the TV and go in there and go pop, 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 slap her. I'm like, why are you still writing him a note? Like, you want her to get fucked up. And then after Carl gets her caught by the state trooper, FBI, and everything, and then you still worry about Vanya saying that, why you do this to him? I'm like, technically, it's your fault, sissy. You exactly. wrote a note. So your stupid ass is the one that got Vanya in trouble getting caught by the FBI. So technically, you caused Doomsday. Your fault. First, she's like, when she picked her up, she's like, can we go somewhere to talk? I'm thinking they're like in a swamp somewhere or somewhere. Like, they outside her house. And from the driveway. Well, not really what like is- up in the driveway, but like more up the driveway around the block. And the car could still see like a car up the like up a mile. I'm like, like girls, like go to the town or something. Not exactly. Like exactly. go, like that's a place around. And one, you was at the hotel. Why go literally go back to the house and they say, hey, let's talk around my house. That's it. But you're on a farm. You're on a farm. You can see all the land. There's nowhere to hide on the farm, bro. Like, in a car. Like, there's... You can just stay in the city and talk. You gotta be outside your house on your farm, on your farmland. It was confusing of the choice, but with Sissy, I have to understand. Vanya is a person that we did speak about earlier. She was drugged. She goes, put in a chamber. She lost her powers because of her father. So it makes sense that she, she never had the chance to give love to somebody else. We're, yeah. we're human beings that want to get love and give love back. And for Vanya is a character that never had, never had love from her siblings because she, she, she never joined them in their missions, but she never got treated as a sibling because of her siblings, but their father treated her very cold. So she yeah. felt like an outcast in black sheep. And then when she finds her first love, um, he's a serial killer. And then she lost her memory, get hit by a car. And then the only person that she, you know, for her to get in love is in a dysfunctional marriage where she's already used to it, but have no knowledge about her own family. And then it cannot get any better for her. It just continues getting worse. But then Ben is what really brings her back to normal and to understand that, okay, my family is my friend and I need to understand that. And that's what Ben really brought her back to herself and really brought her for herself to understand that she is human and she understand that, yes, it could be my fault, but my family is here to help me out and get me back into my ground to where she is. And I'm happy that this arc of season two really got her into become a better character and also to control her powers because of what she did in episode 10. Was amazing. She's yeah, powerful. She and I and it, I liked how they had to remove her memories in order for her to finally take that emotional baggage away to where she's like, "Oh, I 
control it now. Like, look. And they're like, buying, and they're like, oh, she can control it. And then with the water scene, with, you know, sending poison. That was lake. amazing animation, too. That, that was It great. really was. It really was. Like, I, I was like, wow, this this was a nice little budget here. Um, I don't like how they get a little boy powers. I didn't like it. I was so, like, all right, but- we get it. I'm like, I get it. Like, you know, need something big and major. Like, because, again, the extent of her powers is so great. We don't know if the extent of any of these kids of these oh. heroes' powers. So I'll let her add it in, but I was just like, why? But yeah, I'm like, can't be done with sissy. Like, I don't and again, that's gonna mess up the timeline to where they are now because But that's why I'm curious that one that was maybe a McGuffin a plot three for season three. Maybe that's why he kept the power, but maybe not as strong as Vanya because it seemed like Vanya took back everything of her, of her power back, but that he kept a bit of the whole tub of Magneto yeah. levitation. Because, like you said, we still know the full the full abilities of these characters. We only saw literally in the first episode um, of season two, the first two minutes when Five went back in the future, and then we see all these people having strong powers. Vanya being powerful, Luther and everything, going yes. like a whole. I'm like, I want these characters. Can we get Same. these strong ones? Like, like I want to see like freaking number two, Diego, having bullets this way flying. So I want this. I so- loved how they showed that, and even like again showing like how they're like almost in their powers, and like how how freaking Allison was like, I heard I blew your mind. Like how even now she keeps it very surface level, where it's like she can really be that like imagine because that's a brain. That's the brain. That. No, same, same. But, so. like, I hope we get this to season three now. Like, yo, okay, guys, your Netflix, your writers, don't hold back season three now. I want these characters to go full-blown, some same. type of Superman and everything. I want freaking <laughs> Luther to go Hulk. Like, I want no. him, uh, what we saw, like, my dude was getting hit by a regular dude and say, hit me, hit me. I'm like, no, yeah. bitch, you can literally just push the dude to kill him. So to see Vanya the way she was in this episode 10 and show her powers and the same yeah. thing where it was so strong that she knocked everybody back and yeah. to where we're going to talk about the girl by the handler and mm-hmm. to Lilo to her name is Lilo, right? Who the? Uh, her daughter, Lilo, right? The, does her name Lilo? Lila. 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 Yeah. I'm a Sine. So. <laughs> to alila it's like and we find out that she could also be one of her siblings and then we find out that she almost has the same powers as five and then as um and plus allison and everything I'm like how powerful of these are these kids of umbrella academy or these kids are all siblings because we really don't know the full extent and i want to know more of that i think that the reason why the dad was in that society and what they're doing with the government i think they caused this phenomenon to happen with the, these kids being born this way. I, I really feel like that group is there because Allison was like, we never, we thought we were the only ones. Like dad never explained to us that, you know, where we really came from or how we got these abilities or if there were others, you know, mm-hmm. because again, they were raised as siblings, but they kind of were just put together because he found them all. Like, how did he find them? How did he know where they're going to be at? How did he know that they had abilities when they were kids? Like, how you know and then the handler knew and how did the handler knew about leela and her ability so it was it's a whole lot of whole lot of to where so, it's like are we going to talk about 
the handler. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about the villains right right now. So we can get into the handler right now. Um, I don't. I'm not a big fan of bringing back characters from the dead. I feel like it's a lazy trope, but I feel like with this, it definitely worked because she was very prominent in season one, and I I liked how they brought her in, kind of where she kind of is a boss chick, and again that little spin with her and Leela. And again, she, her five worked together for all those years and how she knows a lot. Like, she knows a lot of stuff. It's just, you know, it it's it's a lot. She That's why she goes looking for these kids because clearly she knows, she knew about the Umbrella Academy kids. And clearly I think the dad and her probably worked together at some point I as well. Still don't, I still don't think she's dead. I have, the way this girl could survive last time with a headshot. Yes, this girl got about six bullets by a home machine gun yes she could definitely be dead this time but i feel like maybe she could be a same species to like the hargreaves like oh. maybe i guess or maybe like the dad yeah maybe. like the dad like maybe yes. she could be the same because how could she know information about lila yes. as well and as well as number five in the future so it's like yes. she has to know this information. And also, remember, she ate a freaking fish. But you just eat a fish like that? That's yeah, that true. threw me out the window. I was like, wait, did this girl? Yo. I'm going to go back 10 seconds. Hold up. She just ate a fish? You are she so ate. right with all of those Easter eggs. I, so that's it, my guess. It's, but it's because I feel like I like when series have those Easter eggs because, because it's so crazy. Everything is so crazy to where it's kind of hard to pick up on everything because certain things could be like just craziness and other things yeah. could be like you know so i i liked how you piece it all together how you could pick take all the craziness and really look at the story and look at what was shown and, and you know and all that, all, that, all that what was said and done and the action of these characters to fully be like that that doesn't make sense or that makes because you know so i like i like that you said all of that because that it's because makes perfect sense. it's because like with this series I think the series was grounded until the end of season one. Vanya did like a whole brought to the moon to earth. I'm like, all right, cool. I, I should not expect and nothing less. But then when our guy, the father, regional Hargreaves, when we find out he took a whole mask off and put it on a chair, I'm like, oh, so we're going like this. We're going alien species here now. No, so I so I'm like, okay, so I have to go out of the box. I have to go yeah. mindset thinking comic book because this was adapted as a comic book. Yes. So now I have to think about it as can I cannot see these characters dead if they're dead. It's like we what we have seen in the comics. We will not see a character as dead because one, we saw her get shot. But remember, all the other siblings left the farm. We never saw the body stay on the body. Yeah. Meaning stay on the ground. So we yeah. don't know if she got up again. We don't know if she left. Maybe someone picked it up. Maybe she left. We don't know how if she could hear. Because last time we know, she hit a bullet and it was like nothing. And all she did was, you know, have her hair and everything, a little makeup, and that's it. So there's more to it. That's yeah. my guess. I have never met, I never read the source material. But there's more to that character. And I feel like that's some type of character that will stay for the long run. Yeah. my guess. And I liked season after season one. I really was like, I'm invested to where I'm like, I want to get the comics. Um, I didn't get the comics, but I kind of great, kind of like grazed like the generalized story of it. But now after season two, I'm like, I really want to get at least two volumes to just see, you know, how because Dark Horse Home Comics has really great comics, and yes, they do see how they did the same thing with the mask, how 
when I watched the mask and I saw it said Dark Horse Comics, I said, no wonder this movie was so funny and so cartoony. I had no idea. I was like, wow. Like, it's just like the light bulb went off. Like, so I really want to, and I think, isn't like um, Berserk published by Dark Horse or I think, or something like that. Or I know All My Goddess is published through them. But it's just, I just liked how these series are getting made into like, um, these shows, whatever, how it's like they, from what I can tell, they kind of go basically what the comics do. So I'm really interested to see how close that is. But like you said, with the villain, like, yeah, it's, she's definitely still a pinnacle character to us. Like, I don't think she's dead. And I think that Leela, I think that she, even though she's upset with her, I feel like she's still going to come back and maybe like save her because she has more questions i feel like and i feel oh, like yeah. um, because, the only one who can answer that well well the handler left interrupted in a way <laughs> where she couldn't finish her sentence so she definitely needs to finish more answers yeah and to add more to the villains is that as a main antagonist the handler was good leela was good as a sub-villain but as the sub-villains of the three swedish guys they were very underwhelming yeah the, they're very like, they were great and powerful. They were skillful. They were strong. Yeah. Uh, they were good, unique skills of what they is. Eccentric <laughs> and everything. But I prefer Hazel and Same. Chacha. Prefer Same. Hazel and Chacha. They have backgrounds. They had they had three-dimensional characters yes. in their layers and everything. And we know about them. And they have conversation. The Swedish guys, everybody spoke. And the only thing that spoke was Swedish to number five and to the handler. And plus in the sauna. I'm like, all right, cool. I don't mind seeing chicks in the sauna and guys and everything, but if we're going to speak Swedish, I could just watch an anime and read the subtitle. I don't need to see subtitles in my English. No, I feel the same. But I think, like we said before, I think the series has a lot of, like, comic book-based, like, things that you reference that you True. see. And, like, and I really think that they kind of want it to have, like, like again, like a like a... Scary type of trope, like silent but deadly type of thing. But I do agree. I loved uh, um, Hazel and Chachi. I feel like they were the ones, they worked together the longest, so they had deeper rooted chemistry. Um, they were way more, they were very vicious too when they were killing, but they played it off as if it was just another day at work. And I think that was hilarious how they um, did that. <laughs> And for the Swedish guys, they had a thing for cats and everything. Yeah, like and like, <laughs> and it's like they were taking care of the cats and they were doing the thing with the milk and they came like like they're skillful. Like they knew how to take each opponent out, Diego. Then then you had to take out Allison. Then you had to take out each of these characters, number five and everything. And they were brutal with the which we don't really speak about the, about the guy, but the guy that knew about the whole um time warping in the house, the guy that got murdered against that. They knew how to do. They knew how to do the torture scenes too, but I wish we got more of their at least back information. Like they felt hurt. Um, he, the guy, the last guy, wanted to kill the handler, and then after that, he joined the cult of yeah. of cows. I was like, yeah. sure, I guess we but will probably never is, see I you again. Out of all the siblings, I think it made like even though it was weird, but I think that sibling, that twin. Or that triplet, I think it made sense for him to have the most change of heart because I think he was the most level headed out of everyone and the most like chill. Because we saw the other two, they're playing with knives and shit, and while the oldest one was in there cooking, so I, I think that he was a little bit more 
not grounded, but a little a little better than the other two. You can tell he definitely was the older of the triplets. Um, whereas the other two, they're kind of the middle one was like the the big dumb one kind of, and the younger one was kind of more like impatient and swift. That's why he got killed first. Well, so I do I agree think... of what you're saying because he was the smartest one. Is what he knew about the handler. He checked yes. the design. Like, wait a minute, why does this look like the this? Yes. And he smelled the lavender. So yeah. he is the smartest one. He knew how to. He needed to yeah. maneuver. He watched number five of them. The car get out of the apartment, yeah. the building. So he knew, like, yes, he showed the smartest one. He showed the most grounded. But I wish, I don't know, like, comparing to Hata and Chacha as the one, uh, as the surveillance compared to, to the Swedish, I felt like I hope season three gets the better version of the surveillance compared to these other two. So that's yeah. what I hope. But still was entertaining to see them kill, see them be entertained, see them be unique skills. But hopefully we get better versions of them. So overall, what is your overall score for the Umbrella Academy season two? Reach uh just for wanting me more, like season two really was underwhelming the first six episodes. Not yeah. because of of uh, story wise and just more pacing and story, but characters was there. The characters still drove the show. The actors did a great job for this. But the last four episodes really saved the show for me. <laughs> And I think season one, I gave a solid nine. I will give season two, I think, a 7.5 or 8. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still excited for season three. One more question about regional um, Hargreaves. I asked him more questions for him. I'm like, my dude, who are you? Well, what's your plan for all these kids? And is there, yeah. is there like a bigger threat that's going to come? That's why these kids need to be here. Do you know the future or something? That's why he's so obsessed with figuring out what's on the moon. And I think maybe that's why he sent luther to the moon to maybe try and figure that out but luther just saw it as like a punishment again him thinking beyond ahead. yeah ahead so i really think because season, they might, huh? but then my guess i was gonna say did at first my guess when when number five said that he has to go and kill the the board directors mike is like wait a minute what happened if regional hargreaves was part of the directors but then when he went there he wasn't i was like okay so then how does Hargreaves know all this information about the moon and everything? Like, what is he planning? So I'm like, is he part of a bigger scheme, a bigger thing? And then once he took up the mask, he, I'm like, okay, this dude is definitely alien. So I'm like, <laughs> is, is, is there a bigger thing out of the universe? Even with the mom, that- you see how, again, with the monkey, you see how he was all of that. So he was so- really in the government, but for like another purpose, you know? So it was. So that's why I'm saying like for season three, I have more curious questions for him. Yeah. And then if he knew about the Umbrella Academy, did he change it to Spark Academy yeah. for a reason? Yes. Like saying that like, and then he said, when they came, he's like, I knew you guys be coming. I was waiting for him. Like, of course, every evil villain will say that. <laughs> that's such a trope. Like, I knew you was coming. I was waiting for you. And yeah. And I was waiting for a chair to turn, but no, he just got up instead. Yeah. <laughs> but it was still entertaining to see that. It's like, you meet the Sparrow family. I'm like, uh, okay, Sparrow Academy versus Umbrella Academy, I guess, season three. But I'm like, is that what's going to happen? Like, I'm so curious. I have more questions. Yeah. And like you said, I want to read the source material for that reason now because I have more questions for it. Yeah. And usually I don't get that for a comic book adaptation. But mm-hmm. for this, for Dark Horse, I'm like, you guys doing good because I yeah. want more. Um, I would give this season, like you said, I would, I'd give it an eight. Um, again, yeah, season one was definitely a nine. Yeah. But this season, I'd I'd definitely say a, a 
a lazy eight, <laughs> a lazy eight, you know. Um, but now, okay, so to end things off, rate all the siblings from your favorite to least in oh, number order. The, <laughs> current season number two, I would have to give it to Diego, Klaus, five. No, all right, in order, season in order. So, order five, Klaus, Ben. Allison, Vanya, and Luther. That's from uh, all the siblings in order of how I like them. I like that's so Ben, no five Ben, Allison, Klaus, Vanya, and Luther. Luther's last. Okay, so we almost had the same one to switch Klaus yeah. on top, but we almost yeah. had the same list then. Basically the same, the same thing, but. It's just I don't know what I don't know what they're gonna do with, with Luther. Luther just I don't know. Like Like my my dude's literally a hawk and literally is like he acts he like five acts like the body of Luther, but Luther acts like the body of five. Literally like that. I'm like, why? Can you act weird to say, can you act your age even though five is technically not acting his age or look like <laughs> his age, but but like my dude Luther, you're a hawk size dude. Can you please act better than you are? And I hope we do get that for Luther's a character, and uh, that's what they're trying to hope to do. Because these other kids of Spider Cam, even though they look like kids, but Luther, if you get your ass whooped by these kids, I will feel so bad for you. So, guys, that concludes the end of today's uh, Welcome to the Roundtable review discussion. I forgot to ask this question before we started, but um, ten things off. Like you, you know JoJo. You're familiar with JoJo and all that. Yeah, of course. So um, my question is to my guests because this is a this is like a JoJo based podcast. I love JoJo. So if you had your own, and we are talking about power. So if you had your own stand ability, what would it be, and what would you call it? Uh, right now I don't know the full stance of JoJo's yet, but I will compare it to Umbrella Academy of which powers if I had to choose of them. Yeah, I would choose. I would choose five. I would choose okay. five because the whole. <laughs> Never be late to things. I have a habit of being late and just to teleport would be amazing where I could just sit down and go to a bathroom and come back and never have to move an inch. That'd be totally amazing. You would name you name is that something you would name it or are you just like you uh if I had to name, name it your your own superhero name for that ability. Do you if I had to name it, I would I would take a reference from Bleach. Call it flash step. <laughs> I like I'll it. Call I it like flash it. Step. I like it, I like it. Well, thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Is there thank any- you for inviting me. No problem. So this is your floor. Plug whatever you want. All of your, all of everything. This is your time to shine. Let the people know. All right. So advantage to follow my personal Twitter account at LegendDVaz. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and IG. But definitely follow the brand of Anime Lately itself on Twitter and IG with an underscore Anime Lately. Um, we're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're on Patreon. We're on Podbean, um, iTunes, wherever you find us to the podcast platform. And definitely thank you guys for listening. And this was a lot of fun talking to you. And thank you for inviting me. Hopefully to be invited back. Definitely, definitely. Um, definitely, because I, I love this discussion. But um, yes, thank you for joining. Um, again, not a lot of people like these kind of shows. It's always just anime, whatever, which is fun. I love anime, but I like I like sci-fi and superhero stuff and comics. So yes. I like to see people who actually like us too. So I'm like, yes, my true passion 
like where I thrive in. So thank you for joining. And guys, remember to follow us on all of our social media accounts. Um, build a link down below, but you can follow us on Instagram, especially entertainment. Follow us on Twitter, especially Spicy Lady ENT. Follow us on Twitch, especially gaming, and here on podcast, especially talks on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube, especially talks. Again, I'm doing live reactions. I've been kind of, you know, not really keeping up date to it because I'm moving, but you know, that's gonna change. But remember, guys, to always stay spicy, and I'll catch y'all in the next one. Peace. Bye-bye.